I love that intro every single time. I know it's coming, and here I am yet again. Just inspired to do more episodes. Matt, oh, where'd Matt go? Is that the Fiend? Oh, no, it's the Fiend. Ah! 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 Hey, good, good thing he's socially distant. Thank you, Fiend. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to a duet singing. One, twoing. All right. All right. For uh, Danny and Orkin and uh, Oni and Birch. Uh, uh, so we got duet singing, we got one twoing, we got Pat McAfee McAfeeing, uh, we got Lana through a tabling. It's all in this episode of the Brothers of Discussion. Yeah! We're gonna talk everything from everyone's favorite punter, putting a kick in NXT. Finally, uh, we're gonna talk about why a musical number was a wrestling moment of the year. Or was it the most divisive moment of the year? If you go on Twitter for five minutes and look up the NXT fans. Oh, no. Uh, of course, we're not going to end this show without an update on the Eric Bugenhagen. Yes, Bugenhagen. We're not calling him the Boogs Cruise. Uh, update on the Bugenhagen watch. Uh, we're going to get you prepared for what is a four-match Hell in a Cell card. Man, we're going to be in bed early on Sunday. And, of course, we're going to have another edition of everybody's favorite segment, the Wednesday Night Wars. Matt, it's been a heck of a week. Uh, a little less heck, a little more nice of a week with Death by King Cake. Thank you, Oscar Blues Brewery, and hopefully you're in the Michigan area if you're listening to this, and you too can have some Death by King Cake beer with vanilla, cinnamon, nutmeg, cacao nibs. I don't know if it's nibs or nips. Orange peel and pecans. That's not the sound quality of Brothers of Discussion. That's just Matt under a feed. Hey, hey. Hey, no, I, uh, I thought that would go over funnier. It wasn't funny at all. Um, That's okay. That was your one of your rambling rabbit moments. That's okay. Cake, you know what? The, the cake flavored things, uh, as uh, someone who used to have a, a brand management job and had to do research Here on we things go. that had flavor, yeah, that seems to be the thing that, that's like coming around. Like, that's you the know, trend. I used to I run used... WCW and I used to talk about Hulk Hogan, so I know a thing or two about book and wrestling. But, Matt, go ahead, tell us about marketing. I can't wait to hear this. So, <laughs> it has it really has nothing to do with it. I just it's what I'm noticing. <laughs> Cause I, I I just got this ice cream at uh, at Target that was Jenny's something, but it it was like um, Jenny Craig. It was it was a cake, huh? Was it Jenny Craig? No. Was um, it like a diet ice cream? No, it was not. This was the most fattening ice cream I've ever had. It was. Uh, wow. What was the butterfat content? That that's part of the problem. It had a cream cheese butter frosting swirl through it. So. Wow. Yeah, so wow. it was. It was uh, uh, if you'd let me finish for a sec. No, it was a, it was a cake batter. Uh, it, it was a cake batter flavored ice cream, and it Jenny something. I saw that it was out of Columbus because I think it's probably it's probably one of those smaller ice cream shops, and then they've just recently decided to uh, to start packaging and packaging it and mm. selling it. Uh, but it it was We're selling the it best pint of ice cream i've ever had granted like i said i looked at the calories it is the highest calorie count for the regular serving size of of a pint of ice cream that i've ever seen 
I mean, well, it, it, you we're, normally we're, will see it divided, you know, into like yeah. two or three parts on the pint and yeah. like, you know, 300, 400 calories. This was like 700 calories for the one serving. And there were three of those servings and I ate the whole thing in one sitting. Good old Matt. Matt's going to be swole. Yeah. <laughs> swole Matt. Um, well, uh, I, I didn't I didn't quite do that this week. I did return to Cottage Inn Pizza and made a huge mistake ordering the Hawaiian chicken because they, uh, in the description, promised a drizzle of chipotle sauce. And it was a dunking of chipotle sauce. <laughs> Um, you, was, you got dunked on by Cottage and Pizza yet again. Yep. And then I, I had a two-handed tomahawk jam onto my toilet trying to get that out of my butt. There was a lot of sauce coming out. Um, Cottage in with the alley and Mike with the poop. With the poop. <laughs> get it, everybody? An alley poop. Alley poop. Like an alley oop. I do actually um, wish that I hadn't uh, destroyed my own toilet. I kind of wish I had taken it in an alley, to be huh. honest. Our viewers dropped, it got cut in half as I made the alley poop joke. Well, um, we'll keep working on that one. <laughs> we'll keep working on the alley poop humor. Uh, but yeah, this is a wrestling show. I'm excited to talk wrestling. Uh, this week did not disappoint. There's a lot of news. There's a lot of craziness. But Matt, before we get into it, I know you like to tell the beautiful people where they can find everything. Brothers of Discussion and maybe a little more. Well, I just realized what you're talking about, and I need to actually pull that up because I was not ready. So, everybody, what you want to do is go over to bodpodcast.com or brothersofdiscussion.com to check out everything we are doing. Blog. Now, <clears throat> I have to uh, I have to stop myself because I have uh, videos and blogs that are unfinished, and. Uh, we're dealing with some stuff at the home, so everything's kind of put on hold right now. I know I said I'm returning to the blogs, but uh, uh, it's it's just, it, it'll come back. Um, with that being said, we are accepting uh, resumes uh, for anybody who'd like to join as uh, a blogger. So uh, I, I'm happy to announce that. But uh, what you'd have to do there is, is send your resume on over to admin at uh, bodpodcast.com. But... Um, if you want to check out everything that we do have right now, I'm, I'm pulling it up here, and let's uh, let's do it, Mike. Let's let's go uh, let's go into bodpodcast.com. Right now, there it is. Woo! Does everybody see that, Mike? Can you see that? Yes. Now, what I don't want y'all to miss is our brand new shop page, uh, because what we have on there are all these beautiful looking T-shirts. I am so proud of all of you that came. And, uh, and wanted to brand out your, your wardrobe uh, with the Brothers of Discussion. And, of course, our other uh, podcast that covers the Detroit Red Wings are Red Wings Rant T-shirts. But uh, you, you are now able to show off that you are a brother or sister of Discussion. Of course, the Sister of Discussion T-shirt uh, we've got going here now. It's uh, at the very cheap price of $14.99. You can, you can do it up any color you want. Look at that sucker. I'm a sister of discussion. It's beautiful. So go on over to bodpodcast.com. And like I showed you, we have that shop link right on the homepage. Uh, and of course, if you want to check out everything we're doing pro wrestling wise, uh, we, we talked about Chris Jericho's legacy. Of course, there's our last couple episodes. Uh, everywhere you want to find the Brothers of Discussion. So let's say you're a YouTube fan. 
you like subscribing to our uh, our channel, but uh, you don't have time to finish watching the show. Maybe there's a big presidential debate. That's Ooh. okay. Yeah. Because what you can do is head on over to BODpodcast.com and uh, check out all of our links for all the other spots you can listen to uh, listen to that episode and finish finish it up. And of course, if you are a regular on BODpodcast.com, we've just got a one-stop shop. So you've got all those links for the podcast. You've got straight up podcast there for you. You've got the YouTube page. So go on over to BODpodcast.com. All right. And then our uh, Twitter and Instagram are on there too, at BODpodcast and at brothers underscore of underscore discussion. So if you are primarily looking uh, to have <laughs> everything brothers of discussion in one spot, it, it truly is in one location, BODpodcast.com. Go find it, everybody. Uh, it's, Hell it's, yeah. easy, it's easy to find. Uh, so check, yeah. check that out, everyone. Yeah. Uh, Mike, I think I think that's it. I think uh, I think that's normally that covers all the bases. Got all the get all the business out of the way. Exactly. Yeah. If you if you were looking for anything, uh, we we told you we put it all in one spot. So we're we're good to go now. Well, Matt, uh, let's start the show off with uh, the countdown continues. Uh, Six hundred and twenty-five days since Eric Bugenhagen. Uh, entered our lives and then disappeared. You did it. You did it all wrong. Everybody forget what Mike just said. Um, there was a man. <laughs> we have a video queued up. We play the video. Oh, and video. All right. Get the now video. Been 625 days since this man made his debut. Um, thankfully, nobody was watching when you said that, Mike, but. I like that you pointed out Elias just had a concert, but damn it all to hell if he wasn't missing one hell of an air guitarist and air drummer in his band, as well as a guy with some amazing pipes. Mike, 625 days since this guy made his debut on NXT, uh, and and this is this was the beauty of it. From Milwaukee, Wisconsin, weighing in at 240 pounds. All right, that's short because that's all we can afford to do. But nope. <laughs> Eric Bugenhagen, uh, who may be known as the Booge Cruise now, uh, we're still asking, where, how how long do we have to beg for Eric Bugenhagen to make his return? The, the last we saw of him was him just on a those NXT shows where an audience wasn't allowed uh, wasn't wasn't allowed into the uh, into the arena. They had right. Bugenhagen there at the Full Sail Arena. Had Bugenhagen there uh, in the stands or, uh, you know, behind that plexiglass, plexiglass, uh, <laughs> plexiglass, uh, to get to get his fellow NXT superstars hyped up. I mean, the guy's doing the job, right? Like, he's doing what he's supposed to to get that. The, who's ever watching him uh, behind the scenes, you get excited because he's so excited. All the wrestlers in the ring are excited. The other wrestlers around him probably want to emulate his excitement. He's doing the job. Put him in the goddamn ring. He can't be that bad. We come on. <laughs> I, Is he that bad? I don't know. We don't want to get into that. We love Eric Bugenhagen. Bring him back. All right, Mike. We have uh, we have even more. We're we're gonna test the waters here. We're gonna see if this all gets shut down. And uh, what I'm referring to <laughs> is uh, Mike. I I think I think it was one of the most fun segments in pro wrestling history. I uh, I want to get into more of it. And we're going to show as much as we can. Hopefully we don't get shut down. 
But um, here, you know, if you haven't seen it, it's uh, it's our good friends Chris Jericho and MJF uh, singing "Me and My Shadow." Before we get finished, we'll make the town roar. We'll make all the late spots and then a few more. We wind up at dailies and then the fourth floor. Life is gonna be we want we for my shadow and me. All right, Mike. Uh... I, I think uh, I think we got the gist. You were you were sending me <laughs> messages of uh, Jesus. Uh, how long is this segment gonna go? Um, <laughs> I, I I will say I was just checking on Twitter to make sure everything was working. And uh, our our good our good friend. Let me. Um, I'm sorry. I want to get the tag right because I know it's Venus Blue, but it's at Neon Ghost Forty One. Uh, she said it wasn't working, and I went, "Oh fuck, we did get shut down." Uh, but no, everything's everything's working hunky dory as far as I can tell. Uh, but yeah, that that was a long segment. It's definitely, uh, you know, uh, we could have cut back because I think everybody got the gist about thirty seconds in. But Mike, um, the face you're making, you you're probably right there. You're you're thinking, what the fuck were <laughs> we doing? There's a lot of that segment. No, uh, but anyway, segment, Mike. Yes, I want to go first. Please do. So, now, I've been saying it for a year now, and we know it's been a year because there's been about six or seven anniversaries for AEW uh, in the last month. <laughs> Whether or not it's their social media anniversary or the actual anniversary show, but um, we've been watching this for a year, and one of the things that has been uh, just a topic of conversation for AEW is this is the sports entertainment answer on Wednesdays. This is the show that does sports entertainment. This, if there was ever, like one of the things that Vince always got um, trashed what? for, and yeah. I, I don't think it was right, was that it, it was sometimes turning into a variety show. And, uh, you know, some people want to just see hardcore wrestling. Now, you and I, we're not those people. We don't want to see just straight up, like, I, and I'm going to speak for you. We're not UFC fans, right? Like, we don't right. we don't tune in to Dana White's product. Uh, we don't watch boxing, but uh, God damn it all, uh, we don't love our pro wrestling. And Mike, I uh, if people want to yell at me, that's fine. But this is pro wrestling. <laughs> it's sports entertainment. It is. I. Uh... Well, what they what they what they used to preach was we're going to be the show that you know we're going to bring professional wrestling back. You know that's why we're going to hire people like Arn Anderson. We're going to get Tully up in here. We're going to get Goldust up in here. You're going to learn some old school wrestling. Um, but what we're learning is that you know this is a show that promotes uh, the King of Sloth style. They have guys dressed like dinosaurs, and for five magical moments, we saw two best buddies crooning. Uh, a, a beautiful duet, a actually pretty well-produced musical number, uh, you know, in, in a day and age where people are watching Mass Singer and Who's That Singer? I gotta say, I was pretty impressed with MJF's pipes on that one. Uh, I 
Jericho is the one in a band, but I think you could make the case that if Jericho were to fall ill, uh, MJF could easily step in and sing, My least favorite part about that entire segment, and I tweeted this out this morning. I said, uh, you know, I woke up, uh, you check Twitter, and you see yeah. that people are still just out of their still mind. So their teeth. Yeah. So I watched the video, you know, ten more times. Um, which really again enforces the idea, you know, this this idea that we shouldn't have played that entire segment. But anyway, the thing that grinds my gears is that he isn't a band and he's not snapping his fingers to the beat. He's just like, oh, it's like <laughs> Steve Martin in the jerk, and he's just trying to find it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, he's got, he's got no rhythm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, and one of, I will say, one of the greatest comedies of all time is The Jerk. Um, I, I just, what the heck's going on with Jericho, man? Are we, are we learning now? He's he's feuded with uh, Sebastian Bach this year as uh, having never sung live. And uh, man, was he angry about that. And now, Mike, we have proof that Chris Jericho can't even snap his fingers on the beat. True. Damn. My, uh, my daughter... Temple. Hashtag not my drum major. Go ahead, man. <laughs> my my daughter, who's now learning how to dance, which is amazing, is clapping her hands to the beat. She's 14 months old, <laughs> and she could do a better job than Chris Jericho. All right, well. Well, your daughter has not taken any uh, chair bumps yet, so give her a few of those, and then we'll see if she can still true. keep her beat. Oh, my God. Uh, today, though, today she was doing a Jeff Hardy impression, if I ever saw one. Who did she slap um, that off the couch? She she has this little toy phone. It's uh, You can talk to Minnie Mouse. And it, it, I'll, you know, a little backstory. She never wants to talk to Minnie Mouse. She's too shy. So she just hands the phone over to me, and then I have to chit-chat with Minnie. and It's cute. But anyway, she's... You know, still getting used to her feet, and she's walking. Um, actually, today she started running, but um, she was just walking behind me, and we don't know like how this happened, but we know the phone was back there. But she went like head over heel, like whoa! And we we're just—I at first I I went <laughs> wow, like I did not react the way I I was supposed to. I I was like yeah. holy mackerel. Good job, baby girl. You're ready. You're taking bumps. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, she landed and she did the whole like baby thing. Like, all right, they're not totally reacting normally. So I'm going to start crying. <laughs> you know, then the crying started. But total total Jeff Hardy moment today. It was uh, maybe maybe more of like a Mick Foley off of Hell in a Cell. That would have been a good transition into uh, that conversation. But uh, uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, where were we? Um, yeah, I really um, destroyed the conversation with uh, bringing up my beautiful daughter. But yeah, we were talking about Chris Jericho not being able to snap his fingers to the beat. Um, um, yeah, we can bring it back home. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm happy that she can run now and and take bumps. I'm very excited to see that in person. Um, you know, maybe get her on Baby Botchamania stuff like that. Uh, but yeah. I, Matt, I think the weirdest thing about this segment is I had a uh, a big goofy birthday smile for the full five minutes because I, I just was thoroughly entertained, and um, I think the main difference between like you mentioned WWE trying to be a variety hour, and then what this was and people saying, well, 
If they had dared to do this segment on WWE, all you AW fans would have just been laughing at Vince. Oh, look at you, Mr. Variety Man. Where's the wrestling? But my argument is that this was Jericho and MJF. This wasn't Snooki hosting a pay-per-view. Uh, as much as I love Pee Wee Herman, I, I don't want to see him in the wrestling ring making fun of my wrestlers. Right. I want Pee Wee in the Playhouse, and I want The Fiend in the Firefly Funhouse. I, I don't know if I want him in the same spot. I, I'm I'm terrified for Pee Wee. I don't want him to get killed by The Fiend. But I like right. I like this I like the separation of powers. That's what I want. You know, I don't need all my worlds to be a Venn diagram. I I can keep them separate, and I prefer it that way. And WWE is not letting their stars be creative and do something on their own, what they're usually guilty of is, well, you know, Real Housewives in New York's pretty popular. Let's get them on. You know, that that's what it feels like. It's a cash grab, usually. That's right. that's why I, I, I always feel my intelligence is being ins insulted. But when I see this, I see these two guys, like, got together with a choreographer, uh, with a vocal coach, um, got a production team to set up you know, kind of like a, a gala ballroom uh, atmosphere uh, set up. Not bad. Like I could see this like in a, in a sitcom or like a, in a musical, like that kind of humor with the build up, the one upsmanship with the stakes. Um, and then ultimately they both get stakes that are too rare. And then they both have to call out to the waitress. I, you know, it, it wasn't that bad. It was kind of like a, like a, dare I say, a TNT drama moment uh, where it had comedy, it had dancing, it had singing. It, it, it was uh, just damn hilarious. And I, I think if you're grinding your molars about this WWE versus AEW thing, I, I just remember where where it's coming from. I, I And I would say, too, like this really that really enforces the idea that uh, they're both sports entertainment but the tweet i sent out last night that kind of did well and i had to like put the asterisk on there i'm not trying to insult aew but i said they really do sports entertainment better than anybody and what's funny is if they had come out and said we are the answer to what you've always wanted sports entertainment to be everybody would have laughed them out of the building like cody would have nothing to stand on uh tony khan nothing to stand on like they had to come out and say we are going to be a sport. We're going to be just, we're going to be all about the wins and losses. Like this is going to be the real deal. This is, this is going to be everything that you get out of UFC, except that they'll have a script attached to it. And it's not that in any way, because we see guys getting title shots that have no business getting title shots. But here's the thing, everyone, the complaint you can have is that they didn't do what they promised they would do. But it's a, an amazing product. Like, that's the thing. And I, I want to throw out Lawrence Johnson, who says um, he's not really into AEW, but he did have the message here, you know, what what more can Jericho do in AEW? And I honestly, he did He did it. <laughs> he basically brought out, like, a, a Dean Martin variety show <laughs> level of, of skit and segment. And honestly, I don't know where they go from here. And I think uh, and to my point, I think that's what makes this whole idea so exciting that they they can now embrace like this. <sighs> this is the thing that they need to be 
Like this is the thing where they're embracing uh, the talent that they're 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 building through their own system. I mean, how great is it that that they still mention like Orange Cassidy in that segment to make sure that they're like, hey, don't don't forget, uh, you know, who's never yeah. going to get over Orange Cassidy. So now they're both. That's what they have in common. They both hate Orange Cassidy. Um, yeah. Just every everything if, about that. Just uh, yeah, go ahead. No, if this is what they meant by if we go to AEW and you get to express your creativity, then I think everybody should be flooding to AEW to uh, just get a taste of what you're allowed to get away with on this show. So thank no. you to Tony Khan for saying, yeah, go ahead, Jericho, knock yourself out. Uh, and if this hasn't cemented Jericho is on your wrestling Mount Rushmore, uh, at least maybe not for the greatest, you know, Shawn Michaelsy, AJ Stylesy wrestler of all time, but like about Rushmore for the most entertaining wrestler, there's no question he's one of those top four guys. Oh my goodness! And I, I do. We got to point out too. Amy's here. Uh, absolutely hey! love the Jericho and MJF Happy birthday, segment. Amy! Happy birthday! Ah, you ruined it. I was going to ask you if you were ready, Mike, because we absolutely owe Amy this as a. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Amy. Happy birthday to you. I didn't realize how hard that would be to do over a live stream. <laughs> I don't think it was that awful. I wasn't good. But it wasn't that awful. Well, we were both like, a, I, I thought I was giving you the chance to catch up. And then I realized that you were trying. I was to giving you a moment to slow down. Yeah. We really worked on that. Huh? You rushing or dragging? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she loved, uh, Amy loved the Jericho MJF segment. It's, well, you should. Man, was it good. Here's my question for you, man. Hot tag. Are we getting. Uh, are we oh, getting wait, 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 wait. I tried to set it up. I tried to give you a moment. It's a hot tag, everybody. Are we getting a sequel? Another segment like this? Yeah. Absolutely. I like there absolutely has to be another one of these. I think like this this blew up on ESPN, Sports Illustrated. I, I mean, obviously all the pro wrestling yeah. bloggers and whatnot i mean our our episode right now for youtube is titled you know me and my shadow because yeah. <laughs> like it, it really is that important and we have a whole nother wednesday night wars segment where we're going to talk about aew versus nxt but we yeah. couldn't not give it its own segment and in, in yeah. the show like it, it's that important to pro wrestling um i got one more hot tag before we move on Matt, hot yeah. tag. oh oh I no you're show... super yeah, I want to show Amy's comment. Thank yeah. you, Amy, and you're the best. All right, Mike's got another hot tag. Matt, uh, you are nothing if not a 80-year-old man wrapped into a 33-year-old body. However old you are. 32? Are you 32 now? Yeah, I'm 32. All right, you old codger. If you were to take, what guess what in the sequel the next duet is going to be between Jericho and MJF? Or at least, what would you like it to be, Matt? Hot take. 
what do I want the song to be? Yeah, I mean, don't hurt yourself. I, you know, I just figured you know a lot of those crooning songs, and you always listen oh. to Frank and Dean. And do you want like a Christmas themed, like uh, you know, yeah. something for White Christmas? I, I mean, uh, if they sing "Sister, Sister," oh man, that'll oh bring my house. God! Oh my God! <laughs> that was way better than me saying. I, I was going to steal what you said last night and say the little drummer boy and have it set up as uh, you know uh, David Bowie and Bing, but. Yeah. Oh my God, uh, Danny Kay and and Bing Crosby singing "Sister, Sister." sister. Oh, we got full, <laughs> I, now. I've got an assignment for the night. Now I've got to do a deep. We got to get in MJF's DMs and, and uh, see if we can pull his ear about doing this one. <laughs> but yeah, uh, if anybody has any good uh, song choices, I'm looking at you, Amy. Something you want to hear MJF and Jericho do for their next duet? Let us know. Um. But yeah, we can kind of sizzle on down here. Uh, just some some lesser nuggets. Um, by the way, I, I can't remember. Did you get both of them in there for Elias and uh, Lana? Because we're keeping track of uh, the Boogs crews. 625 days. He's just been missing. Um, in that in that wake, uh, we had a concert that could have been Eric Bugenhagen. It wasn't. It was a Jeff Hardy segment with Elias. Uh, but as far as other uh, extensions of streaks, uh, we get five straight weeks now of Lana getting mash through a table oh i can't wait for week number six uh but matt there's a long-standing tradition with wwe um outside of being a, a variety show wannabe uh they also <laughs> really like pushing giant humans who don't know how to wrestle um i guess uh right now you could think of uh you know the great colleagues are he's like you know in the hall of fame of giants who can't wrestle uh there's giant gonzalez uh, you know, there's Tamina Snuka uh, on the women's side. Um, Matt, there's a new guy entering uh, the arena. He wants to be the new giant man who can't wrestle. His name is Jordan Omogbihan. Omog Omogbihan. Um, you've known him from such hits as uh, Raw Underground. Um, he also cameoed as a ninja. And now he stands behind AJ Styles. Matt. I don't know if this is technically a hot take because I'll give you a you know a little bit of time here to kind of marinate and get a thought out, but it's really early in the game. It's super early in the game. It's not even really fair to answer this or you know ask this of you, but they're giving them multiple like opportunities, right? Letting them try a couple different, literally a couple different outfits. Is this going to be another Kylie situation or? If they're putting him as they are now with AJ Styles, is this a Kevin Nash situation? I, yeah, and I, I think right now when you look at it, he he's the diesel and you've got our HBK equivalent of our generation, I think. Um, yeah. I, I would say we're we're still in the HBK generation, maybe just the next generation of, of pro wrestling. was. Uh, that's what AJ Styles is filling that role of. Um, just can't really miss on a match. So, uh, especially with Undertaker matches and Boneyard match. All right, quick shout out. Um, I, I I like what you're saying there, uh, giving me all this wiggle room because it, it's tough to see that anything's going to come out of this. I, I would say, like, the great this, – this is the conversation. If he became the great Kali, it would be so much more than I ever see happening for him in his career. I think wow. they're trying the Kevin Nash route, the Diesel route. It's just not, it's not going to work. Um, 
I mean, well, AJ Styles is is better just wrestling and being a doof, um, and then just laying into that southern kind of dummy. <laughs> you know, like even if he doesn't even know it, like it, it's almost better when when AJ's not <laughs> he's not in on the joke that he's AJ Styles. But um, <laughs> but yeah, um, all, all that being said, I, I think that would be an amazing turnout uh, for I'm going to call him Jordan uh, for him to become the great colleague because I, I don't see it getting that close. I mean, uh, it's not to be mean. The other thing to think about, too, is both those guys really had amazing careers. Uh, Kevin Nash, uh, Magic Mike, obviously. Uh, but Craig Kali being, uh, you know, a, a Punjab god. Um, you know, he goes, he can't even, he's just, he's he's a mega rock star when he's in India. Um, right. They worship the dude. Um, and he couldn't wrestle a lick. It, I don't think there was any improvement from day one to the day he left WWE in a wrestling capacity. But he could still intimidate with that massive size and you'd still have some sort of rooting interest at the end it got a little sarcastic you know from the crowd but that was like you know the absolute valley of uh crowd quality uh when it was all about you know me 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 and not the show um yeah when he had that vice grip and he like smushed ray mysterio's head oh i still think about that moment sometimes um you know, and he would be there to, you know, be an incredible feat of strength for somebody else to pick him up and throw him out of a Royal Rumble or just pin him for a World Heavyweight title. So, you know, that's, I think those are pretty lofty um, peaks for Jordan to potentially hit. So I, I guess the last little bullet point on this is, you know, if he's behind AJ Styles, somebody sees something in him. So hopefully it, you know, works out for him. And then, uh, Mike, you've also got, I, I like this, uh, this note here. Are we putting a fork in retribution? Um, <laughs> I, it really does feel that way. I've seen some rumors that, uh, we're going to see uh, a fiend match at hell in a cell between, uh, Dijakovic and, oh, uh, no. and fiend, uh, which, oh, which really no. would be, yeah, that, that would there be goes the mystique. Oh right. no. But, uh, it really doesn't make any sense. To, to build this up for, I mean, unless they're really like going back to like the old brothers of discussion episodes and where we, we mentioned how, uh, you know, tone deaf it was uh, to have, to have like looters uh, in, on, on WWE property and then kind of have like this gray area of like, are we supposed to be rooting for them or are they evil? Um, right. Not really letting us, uh, get a good grip on, on, on what was really going on. And then they announced the leader and now they're kind of like over two since. And um, I don't know if they really like, like if this is really just like Ali, like this just isn't going to work out. Um, but I, I, I do like, I do like the other question you put in there. Do we just give it a week? My thing yeah. is if we, I mean, we, we can't be done Right, because uh, we would have not seen the Twitter post this week. I, I, I think from uh, from Dijakovic, but um, and Mace, but you know, I, I said it, and I got some pushback, um, and we we got some pushback in our live wrestling discussion group, which I updated the name this week. It is just live wrestling discussion group. I took out the BOD podcast part. Um, I I don't. I don't think that they can actually 
take another loss. They like in a row. Like they need to go on a very long winning streak or else it really is game over because what are we doing? Then then all we're doing is playing this long game of all right, now you guys are a faction at the bottom. You got to work your way back up. And I don't think it's that big of it. Like when it comes to like a faction like this, that their story is we're going to change WWE. I think it's okay for that to kind of get pushed into some main event scenes, but for them to go down to the hurt business, which I absolutely love the hurt business and the hurt business should be going over whoever they're going against. But that's where the decision to have retribution go up against the hurt business is the wrong decision. Sorry. Some burpees there. A couple of whiskeys not sitting well. Um, <laughs> but definitely the fiend was not that, that next option. Like that wasn't the next thing on the list. Retribution was best served the way that they would do like the bludgeon brothers, just have them destroy people that mean nothing to the roster, nothing to the main story for a while. I think part of the problem, and this is fair, is that because of COVID they cut back on the roster a considerable amount, but they have three shows, Mike, and they could interfere in matches that have nothing to do with the Hurt Business or The Fiend or just cut in when it makes more sense for them. When they're coming out there and putting themselves in a position where we're here, you can come get us, and then somebody comes to get them and they lose, that says a lot about what they want. Like, maybe it doesn't mean anything a week from now, right? But when you do it, what are we supposed to think when they, they put themselves in that position of like, all right, we're here, we're ready to fight, and now we're getting our asses beat. It's just, it's not a good look. It's uh, honestly, Mike, it's... Thank you, Chris. Um, friend of the show. Uh, <laughs> I think I think the, you know, what Triple H always harps on is every week you know, we're, we're basically doing live market testing when we put a product out there and then we don't have fans in this, in the arena. So we're basically relying almost entirely on social media reaction. When retribution first, you know, debuted, um, outside of, you know, the, the nameless gang entity that was destroying WWE property and breaking glass. And they came out and announced their names as Slapjack, Mace, and T-Bar. They were a laughing stock. So what they tried to do is double down and, you know, um, embrace the names. Uh, the characters embrace the names. They embrace the identities. Pointed out that, you know, we used to cheer for Booker T, uh, X-Pac, um, other, you know, similar, similarly designed uh, names and they, they didn't get as much uh, flack as you know Mace and T Bar and Slapjack, um, and then they tried to introduce you know Ali uh, Mustafa as the leader of the group, and um, I don't think they're giving up on them, but it definitely kind of feels like they're just throwing stuff against the wall to see how we react. And when they re when they came out and dominated with their their names and tried to look intimidating. That was definitely the wrong way to go about it because everyone was like, nobody's going to take a guy named Slapjack seriously. <laughs> um, so now they're trying to go with Ali and it, it kind of feels like what they're what they're doing is backpedaling a little bit and, and trying to reset um, 
like the design and the like the direction of the characters. I think that's why they're not having them win because they're not quite sure how they feel about this iteration. If it's it's quite won people over. Um, but as far as people asking, you know, is this group done already? Are they are they put a fork in them? Um, and people, it it felt like the consensus was a little bit of concern, uh, like. You know what's going to happen to them now uh you know i, I thought we we're going to get more segments out of these guys i think that that's positive for their existence as a group um the word i, I didn't want to bring up and it, it should bring just shutters up and down the spine of any you know fan of dijakovic on the main roster is the word sanity Oof. um you know we saw how that turned out uh for alexander right. wolf eric young and killian dane uh the only survivors nikki cross uh thank goodness she still has a job um well but you know i don't i don't want to well, i don't want to see him i don't want to see him devolve to that point because i love dijakovic so much and uh i, I don't want him to get lost in the shuffle and be on the peripheral and then having to look for a job in you know 12 months um but yeah uh, they they're doing a soft it's like they're doing this a soft third reboot on these guys because they're they're just not quite sure how to gauge the audience reaction on them well, it is uh, it is something else to bring up, though. So I think there that's the negative side of what was going on in WWE. But um, I, I love that my brain just hesitated. WWF? No, E. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I still say I, I, these were two of the strongest shows we've had. So did it suck for Retribution? What happened? Yes. But Raw and SmackDown, like A plus. Uh, and granted, I think we just watched one of the greatest episodes of AEW, so I'm not comparing brands, but I think what we're seeing is a lot of these pro wrestlers that we're asking you to support, like our blog on BODPodcast.com that says, how to watch pro wrestling, remove brand loyalty. Um, if you're watching this for the superstars, there's so many amazing things to like. Like if, you know, if you take retribution and, and how, how much uh, they kind of fell off the map this week with, with getting crunched as hard as they did. Um, you do have the it, fiend and Alexa bliss. You've got the yeah. hurt business. Biggie looks like he's ready for a monster push. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton, even though this is getting kind of old, they're still tearing it up when those two are in the ring. Like when they're on TV, they are not boring. They bring the heat. They bring the main event feel. Um, and then, of course, you know, same same thing with Roman Reigns. Anything Roman Reigns does right now, like the amount of time he was off TV, seemed to be, you know, uh, when it came to Blue Oyster Cult and their need for cowbell, that was Roman Reigns' cowbell. Um, it just was the right medicine. Um, shout out to anybody that understood that reference. Um, all right. I just, you gave me nothing on that. I'm so proud that night came off the top of my head and nothing for Mike, but Mike. Nope. Didn't do a lot for me. <laughs> Mike, you ready to move on then? Should we, should we do our, no, um, no, I, I, I'm, on that round I'm just glad now? you brought that up. Um, we know, we know what a, what a, what a, what a journey it can be going from Monday to Friday. Um, and you know, having three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, Arguably 11, 12, I think 14 hours of original wrestling program programming yeah. every week without a pay-per-view. 
I'm trying to remember to include now NXT UK is back. Uh, like the Cruiserweight show, I think still exists. And then you got AEW Dark, uh, whatever the, the AEW heel. Uh, we don't want our women on regular TV. So turn on YouTube show. Um, there's that as well. Uh, just a lot of programming. Um, but it's nice when the, you know, they're, they're really hitting their stride and it does, it does feel like somebody hit Vince McMahon in the dick and said, Hey, Jericho's actually got ratings that are catching up to you. You're going to do something about it. And then he's like, well, we're going to put the goddamn fiend all over the show. Give him Alexa Bliss. And, uh, it, it seems like somebody inspired them and motivated them. Um, and they, they want to start throwing Elias into a musical concert. Um, having Bob Lashley annihilate all of Retribution single-handedly. That, that's the last point I was going to bring up for that. Um, they didn't do that thing where with giant like three-on-three three or four-on-four matches where everybody kind of takes turns doing finishers. At the end of the match, Bobby Lashley just destroyed all four of them and gave, got a pin. Uh, so I, I mean, they're 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 like, this is our man. We're taking Bobby Lashley to the moon, and they're <laughs> just riding that guy all the way to the top. This is the first time he's ever been like a power heel who wins in WWE. It's exciting stuff. Um, we haven't even mentioned Iowa, who did her goddamnedest to get Lana over. Um, who knew? Uh, Lana didn't one hundred percent embarrass herself, and it was all thanks to Asuka. Uh, we didn't mention Bailey and Sasha uh, killing it too. Um, Sami Zayn doing some of the best work of his career. Uh, Kevin Owens doing his best to make Alistair Black relevant again. Uh, just literally everything but the tag team division, which they still yeah. haven't figured out. But the singles wrestling has been off the charts. Um, yeah, I, I think we're almost at our favorite segment, Matt. We're at 49 minutes. Is it time to get oh, yeah. into the Wednesday Night Wars? And then we'll just do a little... Little coup de gras at the end for the four match Hell in a Cell. And I apologize for this. <laughs> Let's jump into. The Wednesday Night Wars! Dun, 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 dun. All right. Um, eventually, this will come off our screen. Uh, Mike, <laughs> I, I think uh, the way that we set this up every week, uh, <laughs> we do uh, we do which, whichever show we think lost that week uh, in regards to the battle between NXT and, and AEW, like who put on the... Uh, you know what? Whoever put on the better show, I'll say that. Whoever put on the better show, that's yeah. a better way to put it, uh, yeah. gets to go last so or second. Uh, so we're, we are going to jump in here uh, with NXT because I think we're both in agreement that this is one of the better AEW shows. But funny thing is, NXT put on one of their better shows of the year, too. I just, you can't, with what AEW's thrown out there, it, it's tough to compete. Um, I mean, we're talking one of the best Dynamite shows uh, since, you know, it came out a year ago. So yeah. it's just, you're not going to win this week. Nobody wins. And uh, that, that's where that's where we jump in then uh, with the Wednesday Night Wars. Number three, uh, NXT segment for hashtag WNW. If you guys want to 
add to the conversation of the Wednesday Night Wars, we do ask that you throw in the hashtag WNW during uh, those shows. Let us know what your favorite segments are. Let us know right now, and we can always check in. Uh, but number three, Mike, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane lose to Everrise after being disqualified for the chair shots. Um, Mike, you were so enamored with what Drake Maverick was doing, you actually listed this as a win on accident in the notes. And um, it makes sense because this really was a win again for Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. This was <laughs> Killian Dane's first time. Like the, when you, you talk about like the buddy cop film that's being made here where they're mm -hmm. so reluctant to tag together. At least one guy is. But now he got to see the fire in Drake Maverick. And now this is three weeks in a row, Mike, that this story has made it into my top three moments from NXT. Nowhere near the dishonorable mentions. Last week it was number two. This week it's number three. Any huge fans of the Brothers of Discussion can, of course, correct me if they think I'm wrong. But absolutely, number three was Drake Maverick and Killian Dane uh, against Everize and getting to see Killian start to believe in this tag team. Because, I mean, it's one of those things where, I mean, to see uh, the, this, this storyline that we've seen told a million times where you've got a couple of companions that are reluctant to to join together. And again, at least one of the parties might be. Um, it's so much fun to start seeing these steps where, where they've seen like enough of each other. Um, and, and Amy, I, I see your message there. Don't worry about it. We got you covered, girl. You just listen to what Matt said and you go YouTube search uh, these segments. Just go, go look up uh, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane versus Everize because it was... So choice. Um, Mike, uh, let me pull up our banner here. Number three segment of AEW uh, for hashtag WNW. Now, I, I, might get a, I might get a little pushback on this one. Um, this is a segment a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of molar. I, you know, if, if you're up in an airplane, you know, you can. If I'm reading night, your notes correctly, God damn you. If you're in an airplane, you can see kind of the lights of the towns as you you know, kind of float by, but it kind of felt like as, as you, as you probably flew, you know, from the East coast to the West coast, you could hear the collective molars just being ground from, you know, all the way from the Carolinas, you know, all the way to Texas, all the way to Arizona to California here is AW broadcast at, uh, you know, the, the Pacific time zone. And it was because Kenny Omega squashed Sonny Kiss. Now, I'm putting this as moment number three. It absolutely had to be on the list because it's doing something important. And I have a challenge for you on this one. It's it's not an easy challenge. You have to be pretty pretty uh, up to date on the going on goings ons of the AEW roster um, as it kind of fluctuates. But this is important because we're we're resetting the table with Kenny Omega. He's getting away from prioritizing tag team wrestling. He's going to be a singles guy again. He's going to be the cleaner again. He's going to be a heel, and he's going to win. The way they push him, the way they treat him, it's that he's one of the greatest wrestlers on earth. And I think if you were to put him in a first-round match for a championship and have it be a competitive 20-minute bell-to-bell, it wouldn't tell that story. It would say that, wow, what a competition. Instead, what they're trying to do is treat this asset, treat Kenny Omega like the mega wrestling god that he can be. And he had to topple somebody that would make you a little bit upset. He had to topple somebody who is a babyface. Um, and I think they basically 
picked a, even though it wasn't the initial choice because it should have been Janela. I think they picked a pretty perfect person at this time. Somebody who, you know, people are like, wow, he's a young guy. Maybe if he gets a chance. And then he got a chance. And then, whoo, he uh, he ran into a buzzsaw. Um, I know the, uh, the Young Bucks like doing that Terminator 2. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, that's what it looked like. It looked like a Terminator crushing the, uh, you know, soft skull of a human uh, at the beginning of Judgment Day. That's what it looked like. And it looks like Kenny's on a mission to fight Hangman Page probably um, in the finals. But Matt, that's my moment number three. I think it established, reestablished Kenny. Um, and my challenge to you, if you're upset with that one, what other babyface would you put in that sacrificial lamb roll at this time? And it would still make you feel like you do for Porcelain. And it would still make me feel that way? Yeah, because I think we all we all like Sonny Kiss. We want him to succeed, but um, I think they wanted to use that emotion that we have for him, that support for him, that love for him, and it it, it kind of helps uh, boost that that kind of anti Kenny uh, sentiment. We respect the hell out of him, but right now we're trying to make him a, a dominating you know heel. I think I think it's as easy as as making this like Jungle Boy. Like you have a tiny little human. Like I, <laughs> I, I think it just it made more sense to do that, and and unless they have so little confidence in Sonny's ability to like get over, if they think he's like green in the ring, um, I guess that's that's an issue on its own. That's a whole other thing to talk about. But I, I just don't, I don't like that when we can build up superstars that have no in ring talent. Um, you know, like we've seen it before, just because we're trying to like help. Uh, and, and, and we're trying to like tell these stories. So you get like Goldberg that goes over. I don't like that. The person who gets the most pushback on social media is Sonny Kiss, because there's so many guys who are uncomfortable with seeing Sonny Kiss on their television screen. I, I don't think I would have made Sonny the casualty here because uh, like I posted how upset I was. And usually we just get likes, but this is what like the first time, you know, we get comments where it's like, I, I'm fine with it. When normally it's like, haha, that was funny. Good one. Or poor Cody, you know, something like that. But this was just so many people coming back and going, I don't give a shit about Sonny. And it's like, all right, we get it. You, you, you're uncomfortable or, you know, it, it, you're a piece of garbage. Uh, so that that's where, to me, yeah, I, mean, I don't think that, I would have picked some. That crowd is going to be out there. I don't think you can book based on, you know, a, a niche crowd who's going to be vocal about, you know. Uh, you absolutely can. Because it's the same yeah, idea. You, you, as like, yeah, you somebody... can book that way, but I wouldn't handcuff yourself to that. I, I would still say, you know, we're going to use the, the sentiments that people have for this guy. And use it to prop up Kenny in this new direction that we want to take one of the faces of our company who he's been here a year and he hasn't really done diddly. Right. But just remember, I'm not saying Sonny should have won. I'm saying it shouldn't have been a 10 second squash or you pick somebody else uh, because it just kind of ignites the flame that, that doesn't, you know, especially now, like when we've got people that are already on edge politically um i just don't need more reason for them to go see i told you and i just go why why can't we support sunny and then like this kind of thing just kind of it, it makes it harder in my opinion 
to to fight against that crowd that is so adamant that we're wasting our time. And I, I don't, I'm not, uh, you're on the same side as me in that regard. We both love Sonny Kiss. And I like, it was one of those things where the same with MJF and Jericho singing, uh, I think Sonny Kiss has been a breath of fresh air where it's like, holy shit, I've never seen this before. This is fucking amazing. Um, and now it was just kind of one of those things where I go, all right, Sonny uh, has lost his TNT championship shots pretty handily. He's just completely gotten the floor taken out from underneath him in the, the AEW championship tournament. So now it's where does Sonny fit? And it just kind of feels like the same way the fans feel about him, where they push him to the outside. So has the storyline. And I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of it. Uh I'll finish with that. You, have, you um, need to find a, a, a video of somebody going, shut up, Matthew, so that we can move on. Um, we do have some comments, though. Um, Amy threw out there, Omega versus Sonny was a huge disappointment. And also, Amy, high five, boom, boom, boom. Sonny didn't deserve a squash. So take that, Mike. Now you're wrong, because it's Amy's birthday. So Amy's boom, birthday boom, boom, boom. wins. I, I'll have to I'll have to adjust the list. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I we can like, make I, it a dishonorable mention. Uh, just get, for your birthday. I get what you're saying. Like somebody had to go down, but I wonder why Joey Janela wasn't. The story. Well, they they. I know you. I know you're watching both at the same time, so I think you got to juggle the commentary. But the story was that Janela encountered somebody who they were pretty sure had COVID. So he said that in everyone's best interest, he stayed away until his COVID test was done. Okay. Yeah, I didn't, I, I have them both on. That's what, that's what Shivani, at the same time. Yeah. That's, that's what Shivani um, explained that it was supposed to be Janela who was destroyed. So it, as a last second, it, you know, let's bring in his tag team partner and, you know, we're going to basically do the same story we we're going to do with Janela. Um, and nobody's crying crocodile tears for Janela if he goes down in 10 seconds. Um, yeah. But Sonny Kiss, you know, establishing that that um, union with him. And I see where you're coming from. Like, you know, if you're, you can say that you're going to promote Sonny, but, you know, you actually got to do it at some point too and not just have him in the ring with the best of AEW, maybe give right. him one, maybe one win, but. Uh, you know, it's not quite at that time. And he's facing guys at the, you know, in their prime, you know, this is prime Cody. They talked about him adding like 17 pounds and I, I'm going way past my time here. Uh, I feel like we're, if you're watching the debates, it's the same thing, Matt, let's get into moment number two for NXT. What do you got for us? Uh, what so this time, you know how I usually hem and haw, I actually did the numbers ahead of time and I'm pretty proud of myself, but number two, is the opening match of the night. And it was the best match of the night, but not the best segment of the night. Again, Mike, we love pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is not just between the bells. But anyway, number two, Kushida defeating champion Velveteen Dream. Mike, this pace was amazing. I missed almost the entire Wardlow and Jungle Boy match because I was, like, hooked on this. And, you know, damn it all to hell, whatever the... F is going on with Velveteen Dream. I'm just, these, this is the fact. The man can go. And I hate so much that he, if, if, 
if what was what if the allegations are true, I hate so much that he would throw it away this opportunity because it would have been great for us to get to watch a guy who's so good in the ring. If it is true, fuck him. But anyway, Kushida gets the win, which should have been the result of this match. Uh, but again, the last two minutes, maybe five minutes of this match were insane. I, I mean, it was just all, all of the Tope Suicinas and Kushida going back and forth and where you thought, oh shit, he's going to go for the, the pin right now or he's going to go after Champa, and then Velveteen's going to get healthy. No, he would just keep going after both of them and kicking the crap out of the two of them. And it just goes to this point of that this this match's pace was was just off the charts. It really was a whirlwind. It was something that I think is pretty rare for a triple threat to see from like start to finish all three guys going at it. Um, well, that's you know that's that's what we got. You know, a lot of the times we'll we'll see like uh, you know we've seen Shawn Michaels do a super kick right at the start of a triple threat and take somebody out for a good five minutes. Uh, yeah. so that, that wasn't what this was about. This was about trying to, uh, make this a dance and it, it really paid off. And before we knew what we were going to get with MJF and Chris Jericho, I was sitting there going, holy crap, how do you beat NXT when this is the first match of the night? And, uh, you know, lo and behold, it did happen, but I, uh, I, I love this match. Um, and I, I think if, if anybody's going to go back and just look for a match to watch, Go back, go back and watch this one. Amy, you said you missed NXT. You're looking for just a match. Um, watch this. If you're strapped for time, watch the last five minutes. Uh, and Mike. So oh. Amy, uh, what I was going to tell Amy is we had a talk yesterday about, um, you know, if you miss NXT, what can you do? And there's like a delay, you know, it's like 48 hours or a, a week. I think you can watch highlights. You can watch highlights on the network. There's like a 48 hour delay or so, but I'm bringing it up now because I thought I recorded it on Hulu and it, it won't save NXT. It'll save AEW, but it would not save NXT. So I have to wait to watch it. So when I open up the NXT page on Hulu Live, it says uh, I can watch last week's episode. So I think we're in the same, we're in a similar boat. So I think we got to wait. Um, but anywho, my moment number two. Uh, Matt, you said if there's one match to watch and. It sounds like a really good one, uh, but my God, Ray Phoenix and Penta Zero, um, as Eddie Kingston was calling him. Oh, um, I you know what? I changed your numbers here as a joke. Are you, you're gonna hang on to that? It's so tough. All right. Um, <laughs> Because I mean, like Jericho and MJF, that is like a like a like a list of Jericho moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping my list. Number two is is Ray and and is he Pentagon Junior? Is he Pentel Zero? I don't know. Um, I know that Eddie Kingston, when the knife edge chop to end all knife edge chops hit, you go, that's my best friend. That's my best friend. Um, it was. I think what the reason I love watching these guys is. Um, like when I think of the best lucha uh, wrestler of all time, it's probably Rey Mysterio Jr. Um, you know, he was he was so goddamn fast and quick um, in WCW, and he's just he's just aged wonderfully into his forties, uh, still doing it in WWE. I mean, he's lost like half a step, but that means he went from like 
a hundred overall to a ninety-nine and a half. But the way Ray and Pentagon wrestle each other, there is high flying, like like very demanding high skill maneuvers that they that they use on each other. Um, but the way they reset the table with just incredible violence, uh, it's what sets them apart from other you know people who do the same luchador uh, wrestling style. I'm going to think about that chop that <laughs> poor Ray Phoenix had to eat. Probably every time I hear the words knife edge chop, like I have them synonymous with Roddy Strong when he uh, made Daniel Bryan's capillaries explode in his chest. Um, I think about uh, um, Walter when he uh, uh, would blow up, you know, basically everyone in the NXT UK roster. Um and now in that same uh, little collage in my head where I replay those slaps. Oh, and Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton had a really good one too. Um, and I know you can put Ric Flair in there, but I never, like, I feel like all of his are like a B plus. And the ones I'm thinking of, these are like A plus, 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 plus. Um, oh, Matt's got the audio. Yeah. We can listen to it one more time. Yeah, one more time. <laughs> oh my best friend! Get the kickstand in there. You got to get it in there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, they just they put on. Uh, you know, if Meltzer gives it a five, I give it a fifteen. Like it, it was uh, a match we didn't deserve for the first round of this tournament. Um, they put everything on the line. Like I said, Luchador style. They still uh, like the finish of this match. I don't even know quite how to describe the move they did. It was it was kind of a. Uh, um, um a sunrise but it was also kind of a, a roll-up pin um and it was also kind of a power bomb and it was also kind of a pile driver it's something you can only get with you know probably a decade's worth of chemistry being together in the ring um and that kind of trust so it had an incredible one-of-a-kind finish it had um like the kind of violence that if you like strong style wrestling it incorporated that and it had incredible um, just physical ability by these two guys. It, this, it was, it was a, a fantastic match. As a wrestling fan, you're doing yourself a disservice by not watching it. If if you don't like AEW, watch this match and tell me you still don't like AEW because you get stuff like this not infrequently. So just, just, I can't, I can't endorse the match enough, Matt. If you want a quick bullet point on this one before your. Um, dishonorable mention please do because it was that good well i mean you you've said it all it, it was so much fun to watch and it was something where even though my wife and i are trying to go through uh fargo season three and then watch season four which i mean chris rocks on there i can't be more excited to see what happens there. but uh it got all of my attention is what i'm saying so uh yes matt gives away that's why he has to rewatch both shows in the morning uh because He's watching AEW and NXT simultaneously. And then, uh, you know, you got to get brownie points with the wife. That's number one, ladies and gentlemen. So um, you pretend you're watching Fargo. <laughs> but that, that match was something where I put in the headset. I was like, I'm not missing this. And, uh, you know, it didn't disappoint either. And also, real quick, uh, can we just get more Eddie Kingston? Uh, put him on the commentary yeah. table, give him more promos, put him in more feuds, let him manage even more people. 
this is so i i was so close to uh to finishing up like um another like a part two of my renaissance of pro wrestling champions right now like think about we have bailey asuka drew and roman mike i'm sure you didn't read my blog but we have that right now and the uh like the idea that on aew side moxley's fantastic mike Eddie Kingston, I'm for all the Moxley fans out there. He's going to be so much better <laughs> for this title than we could even begin to calculate right now. Um, I mean, this is a guy that's going to bring eyes to himself. I mean, this, he, he commands your attention and he's risen up so quickly through the AEW rankings because he should be champion. This guy is he's he's almost perfect on the mic. And again, I bring up a couple of weeks ago seeing him uh shoot on a cookie, um, like a chocolate chip cookie, and it was beautiful right off the top of his head. Because this is a guy that knows the business, he knows how to talk, and it's so it says it's so much more to this business than we give it credit for, and we give it 50% of the credit. But I I mean, Mike. Might be worth 52%, honestly. <laughs> I have no problem saying that. Um, but, no. yeah, I, I, yeah, I we're just, going into uh, a different direction. But, um, yeah, but I do. Uh, this is a lot of credit for Eddie Kingston. I, I can't wait to see. I I don't think that Moxley's had a real uh, threat to his belt until now. And, uh, David, I, I do see your, your comment. We're going to bring up your comment uh, with Mike's number one on uh on aew but uh let me let me bring up uh, my dishonorable mention um yep. for nxt here comes a dishonorable I... mention ah all right yeah austin theory quitting um just loses to bronson reed kind of twice and uh heads off in his suv i don't, I don't know what we do next um it's we not move, like we move on i'm to honest last week I said, if he loses one more time, there's no coming back. And that, that this could honestly just be the end of Austin Theory with the WWE as a whole. So, I, I mean, it. I, I get to kind of hold on to that. I get like, to say, hey, I, I called it because now this week he basically said I'm done. Um, <laughs> like, like, like Pac in AEW had like two matches. And he kind he kind of quit because we haven't seen him. You can still buy a shirt on the AEW shop, but I still man, did Pac quit? Is he coming back? Like I think about him all the time. But Austin Theory quitting is a terrible idea because I'm just I think it's a good move. Yeah, you should probably quit. Now <laughs> everybody's one. dreams come true. Yeah, number one for NXT, Mike, our boys, all four <laughs> of them, they did it. <laughs> Oni and Danny and Lorkin and Birch. And Birch? I, oh, I can only Lorcan. say Oni and Lorkin and Danny and Birch. Um, <laughs> our, our new NXT champions. Guys, if you're friends of the show uh, or fans of the show, uh, you know what we're doing here. But uh, Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch, NXT champions. Uh, so long ago, I'll, I'll explain. Here's the backstory. I fucked it up and said Oni and Lorkin. I don't know what... Uh, no, we were just, we were walking the streets, weren't we? Weren't we just, like, walking the streets after uh, the NXT Worlds Collide and I said Oni and Larkin on accident? And now we've just kind of held on to that ever <laughs> since. 
I'm just Anyways. determined to never learn who's who. It's kind of like Jimmy and Jay. Uh, you know, it's Oni and Danny, Larkin and Birch. They're for so. Me, for me, it's not a it's not a Uso brother issue because uh, Oni Larkin's Twitter account is a hell of a banger. So I highly recommend you get to know Oni Larkin through his Twitter account. But Mike, we we've loved these guys. I mean. Feuding with uh, Mustache Mountain and obviously the Undisputed Era, these guys always just seemed like they were trying to build up the tag division. And we knew that they were you know, in a tournament. They were never going to make it past the first round, but they were going to make somebody look like they were ready to be tag champions. And then we were just going to go, well, what the hell are we going to do with Lorcan and Birch now? But, you know, it's just uh, by circumstance, it appears, uh, thanks to Pat McAfee, <laughs> Uh, they get inserted into this tag championship match, and I don't know, you know, what's going on there. Uh, we don't know if it's uh, like like we talked about earlier with Janela, if, if something maybe COVID related happened, and then uh, they just kind of made this the story instead. But um, yeah, I mean, this is twofold, Mike. I, I will say, number one, our boys are champions, and I love Brizango, but. I nobody is more deserving than Lorcan and Birch. I mean that with all my heart. Everybody on the NXT roster, nobody is more deserving of a title uh, reign than uh, Lorcan and Birch. Twofold yes, because overdue. Pat McAfee proved that he can go in the ring again. Uh, let's make sure we put the asterisk on there. It was with Adam Cole. So Adam Cole is going to make me look like, you know, a good pro wrestler. But, I mean, he did some shit on his own. That was that was amazing. And, uh, you know, he didn't turn in his best promo last night. But it, 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 it hopefully it reminded you, like, oh, shit, this guy can also run his mouth, <laughs> for lack of a better phrase. Because um, yeah. he, he wants to get you going. He wants to make you angry. I think last night... Nerves might have gotten the best of him because he did have a crowd and he was using like it, it's almost like his uh, he forgot his dictionary at home or it jumped out of his brain because he really dumbed things down with a crowd in front of him because he was just like, I don't like you people. And before it felt like, you know, hate poetry kind of thing. Or, <laughs> and now it just kind of feels like he, you know, all the words kind of just as it, as is happening to me right now. That he couldn't think of any better word than the most basic sense of any sort of noun, verb, or adjective. And uh, that, if you're judging by last night's promo, certainly uh, you're disappointed that Pat McAfee is in the main event. But, uh, you know, we assure you, uh, we are fans of Pat McAfee after that run with Adam Cole and, of course, uh, NXT TakeOver or something. Uh, <laughs> but I I'm excited for this. This was absolutely the number one segment. And to think... That this amazing NXT show just happened to be on the same night as one of the best AEW Dynamites is almost a crime uh, when NXT is concerned. But, uh, Mike, unfortunately, we're going to kind of mix things up here as I'm building up AEW's amazing night because we're going to jump backwards and go back to dishonorable mentions. <laughs> yeah, uh, in our what's in our war. Yeah, we always include the dishonorable mention and. Yeah, I, you had to really nitpick because this had four uh, qualifying matches to see who's going to fight uh, John Moxley eventually. Um, you know, it had a, a, a tag team fatal four way to figure out who's going to fight FTR. 
And then we have our moment number one, of course, it's coming. So I got to say, the dishonorable mention was just, again, the women just take a backseat to the men on AEW. They haven't, they figured out tag team wrestling, something WWE has, they don't even have tag teams at this point, let alone a division. Um, they figured out how to build young guys. They figured out their singles division in AEW, but they just can't figure out how to do their women justice. They base they have Britt Baker, who is just hitting grand slams. Uh, you know, with the World Series going on. Apologies to uh, the boys on Fox. Uh, by the way, uh, I don't know if you saw Dolph Ziggler and the boys are going to be on Fox Sports Net for the first time ever, uh, so that they can accommodate oh World Series baseball on Friday. But anywho, uh, Britt Baker is. Her, her promo work's been hilarious. Uh, the 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 role model coming out in a wheelchair. Um, I love her whole her whole gimmick, bringing her real life pro, you know profession as a dentist into it. Uh, with her lockjaw finisher, where she she gets a sanitized glove uh, to put her hand in your mouth and uh, you know lock in the submission. But I don't know why they the women basically got one segment out of that two hour show. I know we were doing a tournament. I know we're trying to figure out the future of the tag team division, but at some point, can we start building a feud for our women's champion? Somebody for her to fight with like a storyline instead of, you know, the uh, musical chairs that they've been doing now, basically since uh, the creation of the women's division title. <sighs> the other thing too is um, with the dishonorable mentions, it feels like every week I have to mention something JR says. And he didn't. Uh, he didn't let me down this week. Uh, Britt Baker uh, received her uh, sanitary glove to go and uh, lock in the lockjaw. Uh, you know, Excalibur and Shivani are going bananas. You know, there she is. She's stuck into that lockjaw. Nobody kicks out of that lockjaw. And uh, Shirley, you know, digs the claws in there. Nobody kicks out of the lockjaw. And Jr. goes, "Well, it's basically a mandible claw. And she puts a rubber glove on." Thank you for uh, breaking down the art form, Jr. Really, uh, really appreciate that. Super You're, excited, uh, yeah. Yeah, way to sell your uh, thing that you are paid to sell. But you know that's okay <laughs> because there's something he didn't have to sell. It sold on its own. It was sold by the two stars. Matt's our moment number one of AEW this week. Maybe one of the top moments in wrestling history. Um, being hyperbolic is an accusation I will fight on this one. Uh, to this day, people will talk about Jericho's lists of a thousand, uh, a thousand and was it a thousand one holes, a thousand and five? Where's my Venus Blue? Because I know she changed her name uh, to accommodate that. Uh, so yeah, it's a thousand and one, right? Beautiful. Then, yeah. Because uh... Malenko is a thousand. Um, Jericho with the the list of Jericho, um, you know his debuts. Uh, you know he had the big countdown for Y two J. And it just feeds into what an entertaining guy this is, uh, who just understands how to get a gimmick over as silly as it can be. Um, he was out there singing. He's out there dancing. MJF was out there singing, dancing, uh, doing the choreography. We talked about it earlier in the show, but this could go down as one of the most memorable things in the history of wrestling. Um, it was hilarious. I want more of it. Um, I, I, if you don't like it, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, there was, you know, The Rock and Mankind, The Rock, This Is Your Life. There was Stone Cold visiting, you know, Vince McMahon in a hospital and hitting him with a bedpan. Um, that, you know, that's where pee-pee goes. 
So I, I just, <laughs> if, if you're going to get, you know, really upset about something, I, this is not where I would, you know, put my altar and dig my heels in. This was fun stuff. This was two guys just doing one upsmanship and, you know, uh, it's going to eventually lead to some sort of wrestling payoff in the end. So I, it's a slow build for a feud. It's a thing of we're dying to see the women get that opportunity to show off their personalities. Uh, but these are two of the biggest personalities in wrestling right now. Um, it's one of those beautiful times when uh, the writing, um, the camera work, and the performances all came together. Everything hit home. Um, <laughs> there's there's not much more to say when it's when it's that excellent that just go out there watch it and if you're having a bad day watch it again Matt an A plus 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 uh, from Jerick and MJO. Now the comment we got uh, from David uh, a little while back is actually this is this is how long winded you and I get with describing our moments from NXT and AEW because this was yeah. almost uh, twenty minutes ago. You were in number two for AEW. <laughs> David said Chris Jericho sucks. Mike, wow. Can we maybe pull David off this? Like, I, I, I just David. What I want is, I want you to see the fun in it. Like, I, I think Chris Jericho I, sucks. I don't. No, yeah, no I, I think the two of us, like we, we know, like we, we love Chris Jericho. Um, we, I mean, the opinion uh, that we have, I, I hope, is shared by most of the brothers of discussion faithful. Our, our faction, uh, David, I hope you join the faction because we, we want you to see, like, this really is the fun way to do pro wrestling is to, is to let Chris Jericho be Chris Jericho and and have good God, the I mean, greatest Jericho, sidekick. Like he made a, a list of a thousand and one holds, and half of them were arm bars. Um, Randy Orton said, "Why, two J? What exactly are you saving us from? Your boring personality for one. Your super cuts haircut for two. Um, I, I just, you know, you made the list of Jericho. You just made the list. I just, he, it's it's iconic. I, I don't know what else to tell you. If you don't like, I can't. I can't. I don't know if I'm I'm, I'm working with a, a somebody." In the realm of logic, I, I gotta hear who you would prefer. Like, who gives a better promo than Jericho to kind of? Oh, maybe that's where he's coming from. He prefers that style because I, I just I can rattle those quotes off for Jericho, and they're years ago. Some of them decades ago. Um, so I, 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 your criteria must be different for wrestlers than mine is. Um, but yeah, no, like Dave, what we want is we want to go back and forth, right? Um, I, you might be gone, but. If you could tune in or you catch the rest of the show some other time, uh, like I said, I, I said we were going to catch up with your comment at some point, but I, I mean, we just, I want to know why, because maybe we can, maybe we can help fix it. I know that sounds super conceited, like, it oh, sure well, does. I'll, I'll fix your, your wrestling problem, but, um, maybe we need to reassess, maybe we That's need to reassess, man. I mean, here's the thing, Mike, we have a blog, so I'm going to say, I have that blog because I feel like I know that my opinion can help people out in some way. So I will say there's still an aspect. See, now that's where the belief in the blog doesn't work, where you question it. And I tell people to get rid of brand loyalty. Look at what Chris Jericho is doing. How, honestly, what, what, how far off are we? We're not far off. Uh, 
Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I want to talk no, to I'm Dave. And I'm kinda... challenging you. Come on. You're, well, we both agree, and that's the, the opinion we're delivering on BODpodcast.com. Darn it. Yeah. I, I I mean, I want to hear what the criteria is, who you would have above Jericho. I, I don't think there are many people above him, so I, I guess I would want to see how strongly Dave, um, like, prioritizes mic work. Because if you don't like Jericho, I don't know what to tell you. There aren't that many people who, who I think are objectively better. Um, so we'd have to kind of figure that out and, you know, kind of work from there. But Matt, I think that was the Wednesday Night Wars. I think we got just enough time for a, a quick shot here for uh, Hell in a Cell, which WWE is also. Um... I, Jesus, I totally forgot. Yeah. Uh, real quick, a- Amy did, we'd have to point out, Amy was always a fan of Pat McAfee. So I told her that I'd throw that out there because she said, I've always liked him. You know, at the start, I did not. So I just want to point out, Amy has been trying to get us on that side. So uh, but you're you're right, Mike. Let's let's keep rolling here. We've got uh, we've got more to discuss. Uh, We're almost out of here. We're gonna blitz through this because uh, one of the booked one of the matches is Jeff Hardy versus Elias. Uh, yeah, you know, the quicker we're done with that feud, the better, and Elias can move on to feuding with uh, Eric Bugenhagen. Matt, your thoughts on the Eric Bugenhagen comment? Uh, yes. I kind of missed it. Uh, but I do think Elias should win this one. Uh, I don't. <laughs> what were you doing that you missed a comment? We got a question on, on the David responded to us. So oh, okay. I, I what did he say? That. Yeah. What he, he said, uh, he thinks that everybody must hurt. Um, in regards to Chris Jericho, I think, let me throw this up here. So, I, I'll confess, David. I, I'm, I might be missing the point on this one. Uh, and I'm, of course, uh, what am I doing? I'm running a podcast, and I have my hand in my uh, in front of my face. But I, I, I'm unsure what to do with that comment. Um, do you think Chris Jericho wants everybody to hurt? Uh, because I, I think he's he's just a fun guy. I think he's I think he is just looking uh, to have a good time. I don't know, but uh, to jump back on Jeff Hardy and Elias, uh, Mike, I, I, I've got I've got a lot of stuff up on the screen, so I apologize that you made a Bugenhagen joke and I missed it. Um, but I, I do think Elias should win this one. But this, I feel a lot like, Eric, like Eric Bugenhagen right now. You know, I feel like a day in the life of Eric Bugenhagen. What, what was that, Eric? I have a lot going on right now. I I I got the bit. I got the new day. I got Oscar. I got Alexa. <laughs> All right. Damn it, Bailey! Stop fighting <laughs> with Matt. Can you just once say shut up, Matt? All right. I love I love that it mutes us both too. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of Bailey, she's gonna fight her best friend in a hell in a cell. Matt, hot take. Uh, go for it, hot take. <laughs> I gotta um, give you access to that so that I you know. can click on it. Did what are the odds it? that? What are the odds that Bailey and Sasha uh, reenact the classic moment between Mankind and The Undertaker? Give me some odds. I, I, I hope one to one, right? Like where, like Bailey, be. Bailey sticks her tongue through a, a hole in her lip because her tooth. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> and she has a tooth hanging out of her nostril. 
No, I think I think this has uh, right. This is more likely to recreate uh, some of the we had like Charlotte and Sasha and and uh, Hell in a Cell. I, like I want to just see. I want to see that these two can't escape each other. Like that original idea of Hell in a Cell. It wasn't supposed to be somebody needs to get thrown off the roof of this thing. It was nobody can get in and nobody can get out. So let's just have these two have a match where nobody, there's no interference. There's no, you know, I'm not expecting interference, but, and of course, you know, I say that and what do we get all the time is, you know, people crashing these Hell in a Cell matches, but these two should just be able to have like a, a good, match inside this thing with maybe a couple of times getting thrown at the cell i we know these two are amazing um but you know to answer your question it would be fun to see one of them go flying off the roof uh but i i, I mean we gotta go sasha right taking the bump oh taking the win taking the title oh, the win yeah um, she's walking I, out with a new belt i'm gonna say yeah sasha wins um if only because I think Bailey has the booty to take a bounce and a bump. Um, so I don't think that Bailey, like, did I say that right? Bailey can take, Bailey booty can take the bounce. So Sasha's going to win because Bailey booty take the bounce. Oh, so she's going flying off the roof and then uh, they're going to get the pin? Yeah. Okay. Or Sasha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do, I do have to throw out there. David's back, uh, wants to let us know Jeff Hardy's beating Elias. I, I agree. I just think that Elias should win because he never wins. Uh, so I'll throw that out there. Uh, Mike, we've got WWE Championship match. Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton going at it. Obviously, everybody knows who I want to win here. Randy. I, so if, oh, Drew. Drew, probably. Yeah. <laughs> if Randy was going to win the title to like kick up the, the, count, the, the title count for him, I think it would have already happened and this would have been an opportunity for Drew to get it back. And, you know, there could have been some cheating at this point. I just want it to end. We did the whole WWE draft. The rosters are reset. Let's get Drew some new opponents and Drew can just hold on to the title forever. Matt, is there a um, certainty that the fiend will show up in this match? I guess because he doesn't have anything on on the list, right? Um, and he made a hell of a statement last year's Hell in a Cell with uh, sledgehammers and getting hit with a toolbox. Um, yeah. So, I mean, his schedule is wide open. Wide open. He's, he's yeah. got nothing going on. Yeah, he might go to NXT. Yeah, that, oh. I think the way that you book it is you have Alexa Bliss pop up first, and uh, you know Drew's going to be confused, or maybe Randy. Uh, but oh fuck, shit. Mm. Are are we still waiting for the the fiend um, redemption against Randy, or did he already take out Randy? I can't remember. No, I don't think he's feuded with Randy. Right. So that's okay. So that's where the fear. And comes you're in. you're referencing the uh, the revenge tour, the Bray Wyatt revenge tour. Yes, that he yeah. should have only been doing, but uh, so that would. That doesn't necessarily mean Randy needs to win the title, I guess, but it it would be more of a target for him, I think, is Randy Orton than Drew McIntyre. Considering he Randy Orton burned down his Bayou hangout, uh, I think I think he has more uh, uh, yeah. more more of a a, a burned down bridge uh, that needs to be built back up and, uh, and right. cross so yeah. and punch him right in the. 
yeah, the only uh, the only thing getting in the way of our uh, our prognostication here of uh, yeah, I I think Drew's gonna win too, Dave. I think you're right on the money. Um, the only thing is, uh, Dave, let us know if you think uh, the Fiend is gonna be showing up um, to kind of propel a new feud for either of these guys. Um, oh no, was that when uh, is that when Charlotte went down, Amy? Well, the main event was that that was the crazy fiend and Seth Rollins, right? Oh. Or am I wrong? Um, Amy, you, you correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. No, because um, 2018 was Becky and Charlotte. Okay. Well, Amy's our she's our woman in the field for everything Charlotte related. That's her boo. And hopefully we we've been talking. Hopefully Charlotte gets that that money from that that crazy booking agent that <laughs> works for CC Sabathia. Um, but uh, yeah, I I, I just uh, I think the Fiend's gonna be there. Maybe trying to reset a feud for either of these two gentlemen. Um, then it's not that I need it to end. I mean, I know we got Survivor Series around the corner. Um, we'll kind of see where that goes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Dave's he's feeling it too. Um, the only other thing that I might want to see is, uh, you know, if Alexa shows up with the fiend for that match. Yeah. Yeah. It's my favorite. It's my favorite duo. I love it right now. So yeah, Amy threw out there. Uh, she did correct us. No, not Charlotte. It was uh fiend versus Rollins, but I love, 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 love the fiend. And now, uh, bliss by his side. I, and honestly, it really is one of the juiciest things. And uh, if you're going to borrow from anything, and I use borrow, like, I mean that because every story kind of has some sort of basis somewhere else. Like, yeah. uh, But uh, if you're going to borrow from anybody in comics books, uh, comic book history, uh, you might as well borrow from the Joker and then throw in Harley Quinn uh, because it's going to be money. And um yeah, I don't. I don't know if anybody has taken the time to go through uh, and uh, maybe an omnibus of, of Batman comics or or something of uh, uh, in that realm. But um, yeah. it gets pretty crazy if you just go back in the last decade and take a look at some of the Joker stories, which is where the Fiend's mask is um, uh, the the inspiration came from. So I, yeah, a hundred percent. This is this was the right way to go with the Fiend, but. To get back to, to Amy's point, um, yeah, last year's main event was um, it was confusing. Um, way too long. I mean, the match overall was just terrible, I think. I mean, they they had a nice, easy way to set up Fiend matches, and they should have been squashes. And uh, that's where I think, uh, you know, it was a year ago where I was like, nope, they fucked it all up. The great plan that they could have had down the drain. but. Um, you know, I, I think uh, if we if we look at it now, in the eternal words of Bill Murray, man, it was a gravy train with biscuit wheels. Well, I think they've proved there was a way to fix it. Uh, I mean, yeah, I had enough time to get this guy delivered and hey. have this guy made. Hey, relevant. So yeah, there's all that fun stuff. Um, all Ooh, right, real so, quick too. Um, just uh, Amy reminded me, uh, WWE, another thing they're doing really well right now is letting women, um, and I hate using this word, but it's the right word, an escort, and it's not about sex. Like, Alexa's just there because she is, like, she wants to be the fiend, 
Um, like Selena yeah. Vega, she's an escort, but it's not about sex. Like she's just managing some dudes. She's just, you know, she's just like, wheeling and we dealing. We don't know what the escorts are and the managers are. No, I'm just giving them credit for it's not about, you know, them kissing on their way to the ring, kissing on the way in the ring, you know, after a win, stuff like that. So um, I guess the last thing here to, to touch base on, Matt, is uh, the tribal chief, Roman Reigns, uh, our universal champ, um, has decided that, you know, if Jey Uso really wants a rematch, um, he's going to give Jay the match that he. You want a rematch? I'm going to kill you. That was basically the threat. So <laughs> okay, I'm excited uh, to see how evil Roman can get in this match. David, I appreciate you hanging around. Um, you've got Jay beating Roman. I, I got to say. I would not take that as, to Vegas. As, as much as I love saying to our, our viewers, I, I'm right there with you. I can't imagine any, like, the infinite versions of Earth where Roman Reigns is the champion right now. I don't think there's one version of it where he loses to Jay. And that maybe was a little harsh. But, um, yeah, Ro Roman is, this is something that I wrote an article on BODpodcast.com. You guys can check out. Uh, that I think this might be more like if there was anybody that could hold on to the title for more than a year, it's Roman Reigns. Like this could be something that could go on forever. And he's finally the character we've always wanted. I, I think I I don't see him losing it anytime soon. But again, I don't make a comment about him being one of the first people to hold it on for multiple years in a long time. Right. I don't make that comment lightly. I, I really think that this is this title has found its waste that it wants to hang on to. Yeah. And Dave, if you get a moment, um, just kind of throw in there, because uh, I, I kind of like to hear the creativity. Like, where would you put the um, like the future of that story for Roman if he did lose it? Um, just kind of the what would be the aftermath or, you know, maybe what would it take from Jay to win? I would, I would want to hear that. And tell yourself um, you have two minutes. <laughs> yeah we gotta start wrapping it up here but um i, I think uh roman they, they just like the the way they found um they found their rhythm with bailey um you know her her promos have never been better in her entire career uh roman's same way he just comes out and says i'm gonna beat the crap out of you and then he just it's a it's it's a spoiler um and now you know he's got the mastermind behind him he's he's got paul Heyman behind him He's, this is, uh, I don't know about a, a gravy train with biscuit wheels, just like a, a an angry Samoan train with, I, I don't know, we can't even say, you know, Kevlar wheels anymore, because now he's shirtless. Now he can, now when he's beating you up, you can see his, his, his abs. And before you could kind of laugh, go, ha ha, there's a pouch under there. But now there's abs. Now the one thing that we like had some common ground with that made him, uh, maybe mortal. Now he really is just, you know, a chiseled god um, amongst us in, in insects. You know, there, there's he's he's pretty infallible at this point, man. He's 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 at pope level. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, I again going back to that article I wrote. Wouldn't have wrote it if I didn't think that this was like uh, something that's going to last for a very long time. Uh, David, I do want to let you know, I see your last question on there. We're going to hit it up next week. So please uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's just the Brothers of Discussion, David. Uh, but you can join us on the live wrestling discussion group. You can join us as the Brothers of Discussion on Facebook. 
You can find all the links to all of these different sources on bodpodcast.com or brothersofdiscussion.com. We have to wrap up. Uh, we've been going on way too long. It's almost been a two-hour podcast, which, uh, you know, damn it all to hell. It was one of the best uh, AEW Dynamite shows, and uh, we're damning it all to hell because we've got it in a cell uh, this Sunday. So we had to talk about that pay-per-view. Yeah. Of course, only four matches. Hey, um, yeah, uh, Dave, hope you come say hi to, you know, me, Mike. You got Matt. Uh, you know, we got good, really good people. Amy's, Andre's, Chris's, um, all, all really excited to, you know, meet new members. So, yeah, excited to have you join the group. And uh, everybody else, thank you for tuning in. Uh, as always, we greatly appreciate it. And we will see everybody uh, next Thursday. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one.